Welcome to Footy Stories with Alex Bolter and Ryan Rainville. Alex and Ryan take you through the lives of different footballers, coaches and ambassadors, as well as relevant news in the football world from a Canadian perspective. Alex is an UEFA A licensed certified coach who runs a soccer club. Ryan is an avid observer who has a unique outlook on the game and industry. Together, they bring you the stories of today. Today we're joined by NCAA student-athlete Matea Real. Matea grew up in both Stony Creek and Ancaster where she played with Southfleet Soccer Club throughout her youth career. She's a super talented midfielder and those skills on the pitch got her noticed by numerous colleges and universities in both Canada and the US. So in 2017, she accepted a scholarship offer from Wagner College in New York City that covers the majority of her tuition and expenses. This is gonna give us excellent insight into what it takes to earn a place on a Division One squad, as well as the highs and lows that come with it. She's also going to discuss the challenges of juggling soccer success with a demanding academic course load. Let's hear her story. Welcome to the show. Uh, we have Matea Real. Uh, welcome, Matea. Hi, thank you. Ryan, you can go ahead, too. You can say hello. <laughs> hello, I'm here. <laughs> Ready so, and waiting. From what I understand, uh, you're back from school. Uh, I am, yes. I got back mid-March. They sent us home, and I've been home for, wow, well, just over a month, I guess. So you ended up are doing a lot of online work and exams and whatnot? Oh, yeah, for sure. Everything has been remote, so everything's online now. So it's definitely been an adjustment, but, I mean, I'm almost done now. So Nice. And uh, you go, if I'm not mistaken, you're at Wagner's College in New York City, correct? Now, yeah. is that a big school? Like, how would you define it? Big school, small school, mid-level? Um, definitely a small school, without a doubt. It has 2,000 to 3,000 students, and that's the size of some high schools here. Wow. I know my high school is almost that size, so it is very So small, does everyone know everyone? But... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Honestly, yes. I was just going to say, you know, when you go to dining where you get food, you don't really see a lot of new faces. It's just pretty much, <laughs> you know, everyone know, enough to say hi to everyone, which for me, I knew was something I wanted. So I enjoy it. It's like a community. Everyone's kind of close in that sense. Is there any high drama and all that? You know, everyone's business knows it like everyone knows each other's business or what? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I would definitely say there's been a lot of uh, nosy people. Everyone knows everything. So you need to be careful with what you're doing. But I still wouldn't change it. So was, was that what you were looking for in the sense that when when you were looking at schools, were you looking for a small school? Uh, yeah, so that was something I kind of sat down with my parents and tried to figure out early on, which I think is very important to do. Um, at first, I wanted to go to a big, big school. And then I started visiting uh, medium size, not so big in this school as well. And I realized after speaking with my dad, um, the benefits of a small school, and I really loved uh, the benefits, I guess, when I thought about them, especially because your professors a lot of my friends go to McMaster here in Hamilton and it's a big school and you're not really close uh, with your professor. You're just a number to them. And for me, I'm able to interact with them, ask questions, stop. And it's more one on one and it's a lot better for learning, in my opinion. So I love it. And so me, me and Ryan, actually, we went to Brock, um, like different programs. I was in accounting. He was in business. 
But so our accounting class was sort of like that. And I can honestly say I'm probably the only person who's been moved in a lecture for talking. (laughs) At the uh, university level. Yes, probably the only one. It was actually over a game of, uh, um, there was a guy sitting on each side of me. So two buddies, Jovan, you know one of them, Jovan was on. And they back when MSM Messenger was big, they were playing Wheel of Fortune against each other. And the answer was Mount Olympus. And I'm like, and I, and I remember like freaking on Yovan. I'm like, no, because he screwed it up. And then, so yeah, the other guy gets the answer now. And, and it was like two letters left. Like, and I'm like, and, and there's like a timer and it goes down by a second. There's like 10 seconds left and like nine. And he's like, puts like a Mount Olympia. He like keeps getting the ending wrong. We're like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like I'm like pushing <laughs> Yovan. Like, like he's going to, you know, throw it away. And then everyone just stops and goes silent. And like the prof is right in front of me. She's like, you need to move seats. And I'm like, okay. And I have to sit in the front. Sorry. Wow. Just reminded me of my uh, former glories. Um, so what year, uh, so what year did you just finish or are you finishing? Uh, I'm finishing up my third year. I'll be done May 11th. And then I'm going to go into my final senior year. Okay. So you're, are you planning on taking a fifth year? Uh, I'm not just because for me personally, I kind of mapped <laughs> mapped out what I want to do uh, after school, and I'm really excited for that. So I'm not going to be taking a fifth year. I mean, maybe if I, um, I think the only, I guess, opportunity I would take, or maybe if I could redshirt a year and then maybe play there again, or go to grad school there and use it, or go somewhere else. But for me, I mean, obviously, I don't have that opportunity to redshirt. Um, so, so I'm just gonna, for our, yeah, no, sorry to kill you, but for our listeners, when you say red shirt, can you explain exactly what you mean by that? Okay. So basically it's like a med, um, a medical red shirt. So if you're injured or if you've been in like the first couple games and you've had, I'm not sure what the amount of minutes is, but I know there's a max amount of minutes you're allowed to have in the actual season. And let's say you have a career ending injury. So you tear, you tear your ACL. Um, they allow you to get eligibility for another year because you only have four eligible years. So even though you've played in a couple games, I'm not sure what the max is. Um, they give you back that year so you could come back for a fifth year uh, or whatever it is. So and you can use that red shirt anywhere. OK. And, and do from my understanding, some people get red shirted even if they're not injured. They just don't play at all. Is that is that true? Yeah. So you can go and ask your coach for a red shirt and it's up to them. Um, a funny story. I actually have my goalie who transferred to my school. She's a year older than me. So she just graduated this year and she wanted a red shirt, but her coach uh, didn't want to give it to her. So she played her, um, just the right amount of minutes that she couldn't red shirt. <laughs> so, I mean, again, like it, it's really up to your coach. I mean, I know a lot of coaches do stuff like that just to like not be able to give them an eligible year, wow. but you can't. Yeah. So Honestly, like the coach was... screwed them over on purpose from her yeah, other school. Yep. On purpose. Wow. And, yeah. And it honestly, it happens. Like I've heard a lot of stories like that, but I also know people like my friends back home here who um, wanted to have another year. And obviously it's up. It really is up to your coach and they can give you another year to redshirt. Um, so it is possible. Definitely. And from your knowledge, you like, cause I've heard like for, from, teammates and you know your different players you grew up with playing there in the states or or you know mm-hmm. anyone in the states i've heard of a lot of people taking a fifth year like it happens a lot in canadian schools does it happen as much in, in on the u.s side or no 
Um, I, it does happen here. Like I know a lot of people that take a fifth year, especially guys too. Um, but I haven't really heard. I mean, I guess at my school, not really. A couple of my friends, one of them is going to go back for a fifth year. But I think it's honestly more common in Canada than it is maybe in the U.S. I know a lot of people are uh, grad assistants. So, I mean, that's not really the same thing you coach. But yeah. honestly, I haven't heard of a lot of fifth years. I mean, for me personally. so. And you would know your school, right? Because everyone knows everyone. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you had heard about it, it didn't, didn't happen. So yeah, honestly. at the beginning, you you grew up playing at Salt Fleet Soccer Club. Was that the, the club that you played at all the way through your youth? or? Yeah, I actually stayed with them. It was my first rep team. I played House League and Salt Fleet as well. And uh, I stayed with them all throughout club. And I moved uh, when I was in, the, in grade five. So I moved about 30 minutes away. Um, but, I mean, for me, it didn't change anything because I loved my team and we were doing well. Um, and I didn't want to leave, so I stayed with them throughout all my club years. Okay, and obviously you were, you know, a, a very good player playing rep. Were you ever a provincial player? Uh, no, I wasn't actually. I went to, I got invited to the regional tryouts. And I made it to there, but I always got cut every single year for provincial. So I was never a provincial player. Okay, and, and so obviously that's a, that's a tough experience every year trying out and and and, and not. And not being able to to make it. What are your message to to other players who who don't make it to provincial or or to Rex? Um, I think for me is you always go and try. I mean, I was always kind of timid to do that. I didn't like. I'm a very competitive person. I didn't really like uh, losing, but I always wanted to see if I could try and play the highest level I could. And even though I didn't make it, obviously it sucked in the moment. But I realized what I kind of wanted out of soccer for myself, which was to get a scholarship. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't think it's a huge um, career crushing deal if you don't make provincials. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate, but just keep trying and figure out what you want out of soccer. And I knew for me it was a scholarship, and then work towards it. I actually worked with Matea a little bit because I know her her dad really well. He's coached with me, uh, Remo. Remo's a great guy, and um, so he he asked me to work with Matea a little bit before she went off to um Wagner's and uh we so I've technically she, you're actually you're super talented uh I I found that if you had like let's say really put in technical work earlier on I I thought she was talented enough to be a national player like not where she is now but when she was younger if she put in the work so when you hear that do you look back and go I wish I had practiced more on my own or I wish you know whatever, I had a different maybe um, technical upbringing or what, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, obviously, when you told me that, I mean, obviously, it's a great thing to hear. But at the same time, uh, I loved my team growing up. But, you know, I, it wasn't very intense, like technical training, like you're saying. Anyone that has the opportunity to, you know, be part of a club like uh, yours with you and be able to train with you, honestly, <laughs> That's amazing because I do wish I had, uh, I guess, better technical training. Um, and I wish I was pushed more in that aspect. But well, I mean, thanks. Thanks the for the compliment. <laughs> of course. It's the truth. Honestly, it's the truth. And I do wish um, I had better technical training. But I also know um, I had the opportunity to kind of practice more on my own. And obviously, I'll take full responsibility for that. You know, 
there were times where I did, but there were a lot of times where I didn't. And that's on me. But I do wish I kind of had that training early on because I think it could have made me a much better player. Yeah. And, and, and just to add to that, like she's also she's tough, too. Like I and you can look on some of her clips, see some tough tackles. But I did I did put her on the ground once and I have I don't you feel broke bad about both it. my fingers. No. Yeah. I went to the hospital. And they were Come broken. on. When I when I slide tackled you. Do you remember? Do you remember when you were pushing behind me and I was doing stepovers? And I felt no, that part. I okay, that that wouldn't be on purpose. But I didn't know I broke your. Wow, you never told no, me. Yeah, that. I didn't know I broke them either until we. How did? How did? Well, how did it happen? Well, I mean, how did you like? Do did it? you? No, no. Like, how did you break your fingers? <laughs> you were well, Alex, Alex, me she's making it clear. You broke her fingers. <laughs> Hold on, though. But what I'm saying is, like, how did like they impact? Like, how did they break the actual impact of the fingers? And I'm I've, sorry, I've, I didn't no. know I did that. I never intended, obviously. Oh, obviously. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. Well, when I, we were doing stepovers, and then I fell forward, and I guess I just jammed my fingers into the ground. Oh, and the when moment, you lost your balance. I yeah. See, I see. When I lost so balance. I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about. So I was kind of being a passive defender because her brother, who's a twin brother, who's a good player, he plays at Queens he would be a defender and he wasn't available. And I'm like broken now. Right. I can't move that well. So she would kind of do some move, but I wasn't like a hundred percent, but she would get by. Right. And then she had like kind of smile, like cocky smile. And you know me, Rainer, how, how competitive I'm like, Oh, I'm like, okay. Okay. I'm like, let's try it again. And then I went, I mean, it was all ball, but I, I, I knocked her right over slide yeah. tackle. Everything. So, but Hey, she learned from it just to set things straight. So everyone's understanding here. I did not push. So Mateo's doing a scissor. And what's important there is when you're doing the move that you continuously move forward. So a lot of players, when they go to do the move, they'll go up to do the scissor and their bodies will stop going forward, which they now lose momentum and don't have the ability now to accelerate and be quick enough to beat a defender. So what I was doing, I would go, I go behind players sometimes and as they're doing the move and I give them like a push to, to get their an understanding that they – need to continuously move forward as they like completing the move. Why don't we say nudge? Why, why don't we hard. say nudge? Nudge. It was, it's, it's a, a nudge. nudge. And, it's and, barely and, a push. And, and it's, and she lost her balance. But you never told me. So, uh, you know, and. Well, Can we get an official apology? You, I, again, I'm very sorry. I obviously didn't mean to injure you. Um, your pinky finger. You need that one to go all the way home. So I, I apologize. Of course. One more time. No problem. Okay. But we, I think we still work together. So obviously didn't uh, didn't derail it too much. So you had a successful youth career. You, you know, winning leagues, getting close to Ontario Cup nationals. I know that you lost. I think in the finals, your team. You're really close. Mm -hmm. uh, take us through the process. How you got recruited through all that? Um. So my team. I think we were one of the few teams. Honestly, uh, we started honestly in the ninth grade. Oh, I hate that I say that in grade nine. Um, and we had a coach come in who told us about, you know, going to the States for scholarships and majority of my team, everybody wanted it. We all decided this was something that we wanted. So my coach put us in as many showcases as she could. It wasn't just one or two. It was multiple a season. So we kind of decided from early on then. So from grade nine to grade 12, my team really focused on getting into those showcases and making sure coaches came out. And I think. Honestly, for me, that's one, the most important thing is being out there and being seen. And without, you know, that many showcases, I feel like we would have had a lot of limited opportunity. So because of that, um, that's kind of where I got all my interest from, from Disney. That's a very big showcase. I'm not sure if it's 
I'm sure it does still happen now, but Disney was one, PDA was one. Those are all big showcases, and that's where I actually got a majority of my interest. Nice. So, uh, how many would you say you go to? You went to a year of showcases um, with your at team. At least, at least five. At least five. Wow. Yeah, and this. That's a lot. Yeah, and I'm very grateful that my coach kind of focused on that because obviously we wanted to win the league, which we were doing. But this was something that she knew we all wanted. And so, like, we made it a priority as a team. And I know a lot of girls on different teams in my, um, not conference, I guess OYSL, whatever, all the different teams in there. For those unaware, the Ontario Youth Soccer League, OYSL, uh, is now replaced by the OPDL. I know a lot of teams weren't doing that. They would just do a few. And obviously that could work out too. But again, like, the more you're seen, the better. <laughs> so... Um, this was definitely an important part of my recruitment process. And I had my coach helping me and following up with me. So, you know, it wasn't just me. It was my coach who had connections as well, who would help me follow up uh, and so on. So, And how many got recruited as well? Um, 11, 11 out of our 18. There were wow. some that went to Canada. Uh, out of the some, a couple went to Canadian universities that aren't a part of the eleven. So, I mean, I guess more because, like, I mean, still playing here is a big accomplishment, too. But 11 of us. So, hold on. Are you saying that some of them, like, had the opportunity to go to the U.S., but they wanted to stay in Canada? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 11 went to the U.S., but more could have. Yeah. Yeah. But, you, you, like, to be fair, you also had a really good team performance-wise. So, that's yeah, we did. hence why you, there was so much interest in, in your team. And I, and I would think, you know, generally speaking – if you're a girls team that is like a top three, four team in the province, then you're a majority of those girls are going to have good opportunities oh, yeah, of getting sure. a U.S. scholarship. Okay. And I just want to touch on your profile video because I know, you know, we encourage at our club for players to do it. And so can you give us any feedback or tips for them? I mean, I know we're going to try to share your link for, I think it's still on YouTube with mm-hmm. everyone, but, but um, yeah, anything you can help uh, with that, in that area. Um, I do think having video is actually very important. I'll never forget one school. Uh, they actually saw me once and they asked me for video. And, you know, based on the video, they'd come <laughs> see me one more time. So it definitely is an important aspect. Um, I actually sat down with my dad and went through clips and kind of looked at what we thought or what I thought was good enough to put in the video. So definitely time consuming, but make sure you do that. And we didn't really know how to put it together and make it look, I guess, professional enough. So I actually got a third person to put the final clips together. And I think I have honestly multiple, but I would say I do have um, one long one. And I do remember that coach requesting for it to be like longer than five minutes just so he can like get more of a feel. Um, so the one you sent was five minutes, but he wanted even longer than five yeah, minutes. Yeah, but I do know, like, I, I do know majority of coach, uh, coaches, excuse me, they do want, um, like, a short video just showing, like, your best highlights. So I think definitely make sure you have a short one first and just – Short equals clips. five? Yeah, like, I'd say, like, five to seven max. Um, but definitely make sure you have one that's that length because, obviously, after, like, probably ten minutes, they're going to – stop playing it so So they're looking for something um, short maybe to get a sense of what kind of player you are and if they're interested then you've got a longer one maybe to to tell the the bigger story exactly exactly mine was kind of like requested in a sense um so definitely the short one's the most important so keep it short 
Okay. And so uh, okay. in that process, how many schools were, were interested in you uh, at that stage? Um, honestly, okay. I could think about how many offers I had, but how many schools, like not to sound whatever, but I did have like a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> I did. Stop talking smack. Stop talking. No, no, I'm just I did have a lot of interest and majority was from division one, but I also had a lot of D2 and D3 as well. And those are also very viable uh, options. Um, but that comes Would you say valuable educationally versus athletically or both? So there's, a, I wish I could remember the name, a division two school. And academically, they were one of the top schools um, and very good academic school, which was very important for me as well. Um, athletically, I honestly don't know. I mean, it was division two, so it's harder to get money uh, for athletics because it's really based on financials, I'm pretty sure. So... I mean, Division two and three isn't really what I wanted, but still great options, and they have great education as well. Um, not a lot, not as much commitment, I would say, for the soccer aspect of it. I have a couple friends that play Division two, so. You you had really high grades. Like, did is part of your scholarship oh, that you yeah. got academic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my other tip. Make sure your education and your marks are high, as high as they can be, because that matters a lot. I know a lot of my friends, you know, some get full rides and it's easy in that sense, but a lot of schools don't. And they'll do a combination of the two. So make sure your academic is high or your grades are high because the higher they are, the more you can get. And mine were definitely what what average are you talking about? Um, honestly, like for Canadian schools, because I know they transfer over the marks and they like they have some grading system, so it changes. But I mean mine was a ninety yeah, ninety one or ninety um overall average, my grade twelve year. So just make sure honestly, like was basket was basket weaving included in that <laughs> uh, average? No, it wasn't actually make sure your you know your marks are definitely high because that helps out your coaches too that want to recruit you because maybe they don't have enough athletic money but they can always give you um academic or the school can and that was a mine's a combination of both and and what major did you ultimately end up deciding on um i'm a business major and i chose finance okay so you're not you're not taking the, the easy way out no definitely not i didn't know if it's what i wanted to do but i do enjoy math so i'm sticking with it very done. good. And what's so? What was the exact process in terms of um, you know visits and communication with with the different uh, college coaches through the recruitment process? Um, so I would definitely say getting a scholarship is a job. Um, there are always the one percent of kids that are absolutely amazing, and schools are all over them, and you don't really have to follow up that much because they'll just keep going after you. But then there's, you know, the rest of the people and the majority of getting a scholarship is communicating, following up and making sure you express your interest. So, again, definitely like getting a job. I would send out hundreds of emails to hundreds of schools before a showcase and I would send pretty much the same email, obviously change it up a bit and just telling them when my games are to come see me, etc. So I would already send that out to hundreds of schools. And that was thanks to my dad because obviously, you know. It's work. Oh yeah, your dad would be a slave driver. Oh for that. yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So definitely was kind of forced in a sense, but thank God. Um, 
Did you have any of those? Like, were you were you doing the copy paste, changing the name that you screwed up, and you're like, ah, I lost that school. I put yeah, the wrong name. I did that. I did do that. <laughs> um, so definitely be careful of that. But I did that, and then they'd come see, and then you have after that the coaches that follow up with you. And some schools that you didn't email that would obviously just show their interest as well. And with that. One thing that I think is very important, you follow up with every single school. Even if you do not think you're interested, you follow up because that is how I found the school that I'm at right now. I wasn't, I saw after my Disney showcase, they emailed me and they expressed their interest, wanting to see me and come down for a visit. And I told my dad, like, oh, I don't want to go. Like, I don't want to go there. And he was like, no, like, you don't have a choice. Just follow up because you never know, Matea. You haven't been there, so you don't know. So I followed up and I ended up going there. So one of the best decisions I ever made. You kept your, you kept your doors open throughout. Yes. Make sure you keep all your doors open because I feel like that's something you can kind of regret um, when you look back and like, I don't because I always kept my options open. So definitely, even if it's, you know, maybe a division two and you don't think so, just do it. Just see, you know, it's not, it's not going to hurt you to have a conversation um, so I would definitely say follow up with everyone and it really is uh, very important. Great advice. Yeah, it, it is career advice. Yeah, absolutely. In, in anything. I mean, so it, it sounds like you were, you were very active and you weren't passive waiting for them to find you. You were, you were reaching out and, uh, and, and opening those, you know, those lines of communication. Um, and obviously you had a bunch of schools that were, were interested in you. Did you consider any Canadian schools along the way? Um, I did. Yes, actually, I was very close to going to Queens University or yeah, Queens University, uh, where my brother goes. Um, Is that because of the twin thing? You had to go to the same spot? <laughs> no, honestly, I would choose not to go to the same school as him. But uh, that would have been where I went if I stayed in Canada. I remember after um, signing my letter with uh, Wagner. Um, my dad wanted me to like, obviously, you know, really think, make sure this is something I want, because that's very important to think about too. This isn't like, you don't just sign and all the hard work's behind you. Like that is not it. The hard work has yet to come. It is when you get there and you're going to have to grind it out and it gets hard. Um, so you have to make sure this is something you want to begin with. And I was very close to going to Queens. My dad wanted me to make sure and really think about all my options, weigh the pros and the cons, which is important to do as well, make a list. And I knew in the end, this is something I've always wanted. So I chose to go to Wagner, and I'm happy I did. I wouldn't change that for the world. But I was very close to, I guess, going to Queens. That was my Canadian Interesting. option. Interesting. Did you ever think of uh, Western just because of the business program there? Yeah. IB? So it was between Western and Queens because those um, have, I guess, great commerce programs. Um, but Queens, I would have chose just because, in a sense, Ivy, you have to get, you know, uh, have a certain average your first two years and then you get accepted into the Ivy program so I guess it's a little bit harder and there's a possibility that you're not going to be in it whereas with Queens like you're automatically into their commerce program so I wouldn't have to change my degree or anything so that's kind of why I was going towards Queens I, I think Ryan was afraid too I mean that's why he, you know, he can walk and talk. So he goes to Brock. He went to Brock. I remember having <laughs> the same consideration at Ivy, and it was the two years, and then you had to transfer in. And I remember being scared to death. I'm not going to cut it, so yeah. I took the easy way out and went to Brock. <laughs> so you ended up. You, you mentioned you were looking for a, a small school. What was an environment you you were after? Um, how did you end up? Was was that the leading decision in, in choosing Wagner in the end? Uh, what other considerations were uh, were you considering? 
Um, so no, that wasn't my, I guess, be all end all decision. Um, but for me, like, this is very important to do sit down with your family and really ask yourself what you want out of this experience. So I would say again, you know, big school, small school, is that something you want? Um, do they have your program? Because I know a lot of girls that have gone to schools that don't even have the program that they wanted. And for me personally, that's not something I would do. I'm not gonna um, sacrifice that because my education obviously is what is really important to me as well. So make sure they have your program. Um, see how good the program really is, the area, because a lot of schools are like a university school. So around them is like trees, there's nothing. Um, and I visited a school like that and I quickly knew it was Bowling Green. And I quickly knew uh, this wasn't the place for me because I like to be like in the city and around things. So I knew that was something that I wanted. Um, so definitely think about like location, uh, stuff like that. I'm trying to How much of it was, was being, you know, you're in a small school in a big city rather than a big school in a small town. How much of it was being in New York and around New York City? Was that a, a, a big factor? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. I went to another school um, in New York and I think being in that city was something that I knew I wanted into like a city like that or like uh, California, something like that. Uh, but I love Cali's nice. I, I would take Cali in a drop of a hat, guaranteed. Mm -hmm. But I think being in New York was something that I knew like I wanted and because it is like a big city. So that definitely weighed into where I wanted to go because I knew I didn't want to be in the middle of nowhere um, at maybe like a big school, but I just knew like a university school wasn't a school, I guess, for me, where it's just like a university town. Right. Um, so definitely important to sit down and figure out those aspects of it because the one question my dad asked me that I, you know, think honestly, this was the best question that a parent could have asked or something that every kid should consider. For some reason, if you go to the school and you can't play soccer anymore, you hurt yourself or for whatever reason, you don't even end up playing. Um, can you see yourself at that school? And I didn't, you know, really understand. Like in the moment I was like, yeah, dad, whatever. I'm going to play. Everything's fine. But you do really need to think about it. And he made me. And that's when I went to a couple schools to visit. And I was like, no, I can't be here if I'm not playing soccer. And, you know, there's a, a likelihood that that could happen. Like you never know what could happen. And that's why I also chose Wagner because I knew I could see myself there outside of soccer. I would be there without you know playing if I couldn't play I was injured or I didn't get a lot of minutes which was the case for a couple of my years so um, definitely something to consider when you're looking at a school I think that I think because that makes a, a ton of sense to think about yeah the, the worst case scenario if you have to be here and there's no soccer you know are you going to be miserable or are you going to still still be able to enjoy yourself and achieve your goals academically Remo's you know he he I always say like he he's done really well for himself but you you know He's a down-to-earth guy, but in terms of street smarts, he's right up there. So, yeah, he definitely kind of made you consider all factors. And, yeah, you're lucky that uh, he is the way he is, even though he can be a pain in the butt sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Very lucky. Okay. And so um, what uh, what percentage of your decision was, was you mentioned that, you know, the possibility that or considering the possibility, hey, if I couldn't play soccer here, would I still want to be at Wagner? What percentage was based on – you know, around the, the team, the coach and, and the soccer aspect at, at Wagner? 
Yeah. So for me, when I was visiting schools, um, obviously, I for me, at least like a coach is very uh, important. If I like the coach, like what they're about, if they like me, uh, I remember going to school, LAU Brooklyn, and the coach loved me. He loved everything about me. He wanted me to be there holding mid where I was the one that connected all the passes and like the game or my team pretty much revolved around me moving up and down the field. And that's what he told me. So I was a key player for him. And I went to um, other schools and it was more, you know, they would kind of tell me their style of play because I met with the players as well. And it was very direct, uh, long balls, whatnot, which is fine. I mean, it works, but that wasn't my game. Um, and I went to Wagner and I loved the coach. I loved what he was about. I loved the assistant coach. She played herself at a big, big school in Florida. Um, and I kind of liked what they were trying to do with the program because they wanted to change it up. And that was a very big part of it for me was the was the team and the coach and what they wanted to do with the program and their style of play. Because when it comes down to it, if you're a lot of people were recruited, my friend was recruited based on her height um, and her weight. She had to get her weight up. So, I mean, it definitely depends on the coach and what they want and what their preference is. So I actually had um, a new coach come in that wasn't the coach that recruited me. So, you know, that changed a lot. Too. After which year? Um, the, before I even went in. A couple months before my freshman year, we so got an email. Did that, that coach got fired? Is that what he, happened? Well, um, he quit, quote unquote. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah, fair. You don't have to go anymore. But wasn't there anymore. Got yeah. it. So that, um, that was definitely a big scare for me because first I didn't even know if my scholarship was still there. Um, obviously, they honored the scholarships and we all came in still. But it wasn't the coach that I originally committed to which happens to a lot of girls um and sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but I mean definitely I think definitely the reason why a lot of people transfer is because they don't like their coach they don't agree with their style of play um, they aren't getting minutes so definitely a big thing that I was looking into as well besides the academics and if I could be there without soccer but the coach and like if I thought we had a relationship and like what I kind of thought the program was about. And that's very important. I think it's um, foolish for someone to go to school kind of blindsided. And it's, it's hard. I mean, you go and you visit and it's like amazing and you think it's the best thing in the world. So you don't really think about the small things, but you really need to like take a couple days after your visit and think about, okay, do I like this? Do I not like this? Do I like the coach? Do I not like the coach? And I remember my first visit, I was like, I love it. I love it. I love it. I want to go here. And my dad's like, hey, relax. Just wait a couple of days, and then you can come back and tell me. And I was like, no, Remo. I don't care. Yo, that's exactly what he would say. He's like, Yeah, literally. No, like, and I was like, no, I want to go here. I want to go here. Like, I don't care. And he was like, no, Matea, like, just wait. So I waited, and then I realized, okay, like, I still want to look at other schools. You're right, blah, blah, blah. Of course he's right, whatever. But it's true. So don't just, you know, be blindsided by the moment. Definitely, you know, take a step back. And and it's funny you say that. I mean, it must be tough still, though, because you could connect with a coach, but you're really getting such a small sample size of that Absolutely. person, right? Oh, yeah. Like, like everyone's seen me. Everyone laughs at when I used to run <laughs> Mon Hamilton Academy trials. I like the sweetest, <laughs> gentlest person you've ever. And then you know, yeah, high fives, this and that. When we get in, it's like, all right, it's time to work. And also, this isn't the super gentle guy I thought he was. Yeah, you know, um, so that yeah, that is that's. That's tough. And you have to, yeah, it's good that you would walk away, come back, think about it. And then before you made mm -hmm. your decision. So now that you're at uh, Wagner, what does a day look like 
during season versus off season at the school? So in season, honestly, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> um, my coach loves to practice in the mornings. I know some schools do night practices, which how early are we uh, talking? 6am my freshman year. Ooh. Yeah. I'd be at five o'clock because we had freshman duties. Um, it was, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Definitely an adjustment, but my coach loves 6am. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and honestly, that's probably something to maybe ask a coach before you go into the program too, just out of curiosity when the team practices. But for me, um, not that I'm a morning person, I'm not, but it definitely gets it out of the way and like it starts your morning really well. So it's definitely like an energy booster. But so I'm up at. But hold on, if you have if you have a practice at 9 a.m., are you are your eyes starting to close again? So, or not a practice, a sorry, a class at 9 yeah, a.m. Definitely, <laughs> um, 100. But you know, go to bed early, even though I don't really follow that. But <laughs> I guess go to bed. Okay. But fair. so I get up at freshman year at least. I was up at five. Now I'm kind of up around like 5:30. Um, you know. Sleeping in. Yeah, no, my team. Not disgusting. Get, you know, That's the disgusting. You give yourself. We give ourselves five minutes to get dressed, and we drive because we love off campus, and we're there. But freshman year, I was up five o'clock. Um, practice at six for two hours, so six to eight. Yeah, and you know he doesn't. It depends on the day. Wouldn't go the full two hours. So some days we have like an hour and a half practice, and then we go lift for thirty minutes. And then some days in season, it depends. It alters every day. Some days we just practice. So it's a lift one day, lift not the next day. And then you have class all day. I had 940s, so I would some days not have the opportunity to shower. So I'd be running to my class. <laughs> I'd be running to my class, and then after that class, I could go back to my dorm and take a shower. Were you ever the stinky kid oh, in class where people you like you notice notice there's like three empty seats on each side no, of you? No, I was sitting beside the other girl on my team. We were disgusting <laughs> from practice, like just gross, sweating. But it happens, like whatever. So we'd go definitely pack something in the morning, like a granola bar, anything, and then you go to practice. You have classes all day, and first year you have study hall, which you have to do eight hours a week. So I'd go to like study hall at least for an hour um, a day. So it's packed. Your schedule is jam-packed. So before you go on, sorry, because I know you went to a mm-hmm. small school, because we didn't touch on this. Uh, we had Ryan Raposo last week or two weeks ago on the show, and uh, he I remember off the show he told me about um, there are a lot of tutors, support, and so forth. Did, you, did a small school like Wagner still have that kind of uh, attention for oh, yeah. athletes? Absolutely. or um, We had tutors. We had, like I guess you could say, like special treatment for athletes. Um, that are only dedicated to athletes so we definitely have that I had a lot of uh, support especially my freshman year I didn't I didn't know how to sign up for classes I didn't know anything I didn't know what I was doing I didn't know how to get a tutor but I just go to my coach and then they direct me to the athletic director and then they'd get me a tutor and they'd get me someone to help me so definitely a lot of help in that aspect that I know um, I guess normal students don't have in a sense they make it a lot easier for us Um, they make sure we have everything before other people (laughs) so kind of baby us i guess in a sense but it's definitely great yeah that is awesome so so you generally train like but during the season it's generally two games a week from Mm -hmm. what i know of college so you're training what monday tuesday game wednesday are you traveling that wednesday potentially like yeah Yeah, give us a little more idea i think we usually play thursday Sundays or Friday, Sunday. Usually, I know we play on Sunday. So, okay. Friday, Sunday, let's go with Friday, Sunday. So, we'll train every day still uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And when you have overnight games, my freshman year, we had a roster. So, not everybody would travel. Um, but we traveled, I think, as far as like six to seven hours. So, we would leave the 
day before. Um, so I'd miss a whole day of school. So if my game was, let me think, Friday, we'd leave. <clears throat> yeah, Thursday. Um, and we'd leave a whole day before. Thursday, like, like yeah, during, during the, day. the day? So I'd miss or... the whole, like, morning. Uh, we'd leave in the morning. So then we have time to go there, stretch out, do, like, a light, like, I guess just, like, stretch and roll. And then the next day, the game's not till night. So then we have the whole day. But it was still all about soccer, talk about it, take a walk as a team, et cetera. Um, but I miss a whole day of classes. And that is really hard as well because you definitely get consumed by work, um, especially the older you get. It's get it gets worse. <laughs> but so, yeah, I miss. And that's where the tutors, I guess, come in to help bridge yeah, that exactly, gap. exactly. And so then I would be there. We have a game Friday. We'd leave that night. Sometimes I'd get home at like, oh, my God, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. And then we would have recovery Saturday. And then Sunday game. So your legs are definitely tired, but that's like a typical travel weekend. So a lot of uh, weeks I would miss um, my Thursday classes uh, for the game on Friday, if it was far away. Now, if it wasn't, obviously I didn't really have Friday class, so I didn't have an issue. So all my games that weren't that far that we didn't have to leave early, it was okay. But definitely harder for like the seniors and the juniors when I was looking at them my freshman year. Um, and now I can clearly see that. Oh, did you get Mondays uh, off yeah. if you played? Mm-hmm. Like, the we Friday, had Mondays Sunday? off. So no, tra- yeah, no, no training, no training Mondays. Mondays in season. But then on, on a Monday, are you then recovering okay. lost class time? Like, you I mean, it's a day off, but is it really? Yeah, well, typically, honestly, on my Mondays, um, if I like, for me, honestly, like there was no soccer Monday. There was no getting extra work in. I was just sleeping and trying to do as much work as possible because if I had an exam, I had a lot of exams on Mondays. Um, so studying was, oh my God, God awful. On the bus, sometimes on the bus ride home, Friday, I would try and study. Didn't work out that well. But Monday was really just a day of catching up, honestly, catching up on sleep, catching up on everything. So you really, if you had an exam on Monday, you had to be ready mm-hmm. by yeah. Thursday. Basically. Yeah. And so. <laughs> Definitely hard. Wow, Time management. Because I can tell you, so like for me in university, Rainer can attest to this. I didn't sleep. I can honestly say more than three hours before any exam. That was the max oh, I ever wow. slept before an exam. On average, I remember about an hour. I remember because I you were the guy the studying in line, going into the exam. Like you're lining up to go into the room <laughs> up until literally the, yes, the yes. very last moment, reviewing material you'd only just learned about. Actually, one of a, a guy in the accounting program, he's like well, what's the point at like three o'clock? He's like, if I, you don't know, if I don't know it by then, then like, you know, I'm just going to go to bed anyway. And I go, hold on. I go, you're reviewing. <laughs> I go, I'm learning for the first time. I, like I, I, this is my first time seeing this material. So I have to, but anyways, so not, not a way to go about it. For sure. So Matea, let, let me, let me ask you, but, um, yeah, sorry, keep going. how much, you know, in, in terms of the uh, training uh, games, travel which is probably something you know that you know i didn't really think much about in terms of how much time it just gets eaten up on uh, you know being on a bus um how much of that were you prepared for going in there and how much of it was a uh you know a, a huge reality check um you know when you discovered you know how difficult it would be or how how uh, how crunched your schedule would be yeah um definitely a big reality check uh, obviously I've been to tournaments like here with my club team, you know, it was a nice weekend away. It was fun, but I mean, it's not like that. Like now I have to, I didn't take into consideration like, Oh, I'm going to have class. Like I'm going to have school while this is all happening. That I didn't have when I was at home when I was playing club. 
So definitely a big reality check. And it's hard, honestly, managing your time. I had to start doing things in less time. And I like to allot myself extra time. And I couldn't do that anymore. Um, and it got really hard. Very, very stressful. But definitely with the help of like tutors and people on my team who've had the same classes as me helping me out, um, definitely uh, helped a lot. But it was a huge reality check. And I think it's something to think about, especially for people maybe with like, a, I don't know, uh, a science major, like a PA or something like it gets tough. Like those are very, very hard programs, especially um, that take a lot of time. And it's something to think about uh, if you, I don't know, want to be a doctor or something and you really, really want to focus. Like, I think you have to understand that like soccer and school to your coach is equal. Um, so maybe to you it isn't, maybe it's school and then soccer, but you better think about that before going to uh, a division one school or to a certain school where it's soccer is like a very big thing. So definitely time management and really kind of understand that like this is a this is a job in itself like, and it's just as important as your schooling to your coach so make sure you know that to add to that though what would you say because i'll tell you I, I personally get very frustrated uh when coaching team and uh, you know kids don't they miss practice they go out oh, a science project da, 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 da. And, it, and it's not like a pop quiz or a pop you know a last second assignment provided by the teacher and i'm going you want to play college soccer and you're missing like practice, you know, because you could have t taken care of this on the weekend, the previous weekend. So what would you say when you hear me say that? Is that do I have merit to say that to these kids based Honestly, on the experience like, you've had? Yes. Uh, um, you know, like I've definitely been in their position where I didn't want to go to a practice. And my parents actually let me stay home once to crunch for a high school exam. And you know what? That's not the right thing to do. Honestly, looking back, because it was a huge reality check for me. That's for sure. Um, I had to kind of refigure out how I was going to study and everything like that. So I think one thing, I guess, going back that I would maybe change is trying to figure out time management in high school and not leaving everything to the last minute because I'm sorry, like it's not going to work like that when you go to college. Maybe if you can, you have a photographic memory, you could just look at something and be good, but not for me. So definitely you have merit in saying that um, soccer is treated as an equal and it should be when you're looking to get a scholarship because it is not something to take lightly. So as far as your coach is concerned, that it's, it's your job to manage your time and, and it's, you know, he's, they're not hearing, uh, you know, everyone's individual sob stories about what, how hard, you know, the exams are, how much, you know, they've got to prep for something. Their expectation is your, it's your job to figure it out. Exactly. Get it done. Yeah. It's their job. You know, they're a coach. Coaching is like their job. So they make money on if like, you know, we do well, etc. So, I mean, my coach was pretty. I'm kind of thankful for that. He was decently understanding. I mean, there was no missing a practice. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, you would get suspended in my case, which means you can't practice for a week, miss a game, etc. But so there was no, you know, skipping practice because you needed to study. So you better figure that out on your own. Good to know. So we talked about in-season, off-season, season ends, you know, it's January, February. How often are you training a week still? Is it still the um, 6 a.m.? Yeah, still early mornings. The time never changed, but we would get weekends off. So we'd get Saturday and Sunday off, I believe. I actually don't even know. I don't think we got Mondays off. No, I think we just got the weekend off. And so we still training. Okay, so yeah, five days was, a week training. Yeah, five days a week. You finish your season. Now, you know, off-season, you finish school. Uh, when you come back to Canada, you know, you see your friends, whatnot, get a summer job, potentially. What do you do um, to stay fit? Like, because obviously when you go back to school in preseason, you got to be at a certain standard. So what do you do to ensure that 
you know, you're ready. Yeah. So typically, I mean, I'm pretty sure every school does this, but you'll get like a summer packet. So my freshman year going into my freshman year, my coach sent that out and uh, you're supposed to follow it. Obviously do everything you possibly can to make sure you come in in your best shape. Otherwise, you know, you can't train or practice if you don't pass your fitness test. And for me, I knew what my fitness test was. He told us and he told us what the passing was going to be. So I made sure that I could pass because if you don't pass, at least for my school, then you don't practice and you don't play and you keep running it until you do. So it's super important to be in your best shape and to make sure you can pass that fitness test. So if they give it to you and they tell you what the pass is, make sure you could do it with flying colors because I did and I was able to pass and surpass what I was supposed to get. So, so you don't you don't necessarily have to, uh, you know, like follow the program all the way through. I'm not saying you didn't, but what I'm getting at is really you want to make sure you're at the standard of the test. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he sent us a full packet and it's a lot of stuff because you have to take in that he's giving you stuff or my coach gave us stuff based on us not really like playing with the team. So I had that on top of also still playing with the team and playing games. So I tried to kind of balance it out. I followed it um, to the T the first couple of weeks and then I decided um, to kind of do a little bit less. And I still obviously did what was on it, but I just made sure my body was okay too. So as long as you can pass your fitness test, which was um, a big thing for me, then you should be okay. I mean, I know my body and I know what I need to do to get in shape. So I kind of pushed myself as hard as I could and I just made sure I could pass. And that's what I did. So every summer, uh, including that summer, this summer, last summer as well, um, he gave us another packet and you just follow it and you make sure you can pass your fitness test. That's the biggest and thing. And do they follow up with, up with you through the summer or, or do they send you off with the packet and it's up to you to to work through it or, or are they checking in on you to make sure that you're, you're keeping up? Um, there's definitely like pure periodic, uh, checks. So they don't just give it to you and say, have at it. Uh, at least my coach, um, we, my coach, we actually had like, I guess you could call them like little families and we would all kind of text each other to say like, we did the fitness test today. I did whatever today uh, felt good. It was too hard, etc. Um, so it was like more of a team checking in on you and our captains. Uh, my coach obviously called us and like just asked us how it was going, but it's really up to you um, if you want to come in shape and you want to be prepared because that's um, that's not something he can kind of force on you or your coach can force on you. You need to want it. So it's more doing it yourself and then obviously being checked on uh, periodically, but it's kind of like a self-motivation thing. Gotcha. So I, I'm not going to, you know, compare this to your, your fitness program that you've brought back to do at home, but I know that some girls like, or even male uh, on the male side that they don't follow the programs exactly. Cause sometimes they're too rigorous. Like they, I've heard of players getting injured. Um, so you have to, yeah, you got, cause you're, you're likely playing some kind of level outside of um, like, like Mateus played league one, right. With, mm-hmm. uh, with Hamilton United. Um, so, you know, you, you still might be getting some really hard training. So you, you can't fall to the T or like you'll get injured. So players have to be aware of that. I just, you know, I, and I've seen players get injured during the off season and then they come back for preseason injured. And then, you know, their coach is upset. Yeah, absolutely. And especially for girls, um, they're more prone to tearing their ACLs and you definitely need to be careful. I mean, obviously I was very um, like excited and I was just like, I just wanted to do the best I could my going into my freshman year. Um, so I kind of like took on a lot. But I soon realized like my body couldn't handle like doing everything 
Um, so you kind of have to figure out what you need as a player and like for your fitness and go from there, but definitely be careful because it is easy to get injured. Overdoing it um, could be too much and it could just cause an injury. And I definitely learned that, you know, you make sure you come in in good shape and it's kind of up to you how you do that. I mean, they give you a guide, but it's definitely possible to get injured from it. So be careful and make sure, you know, you're feeding your body, you're fueling your body. Okay. I want to transition. This is maybe a little bit touchy topic for you, but you know, I, I think it's an important one for our listeners. Uh, tell us, you know, about your time, because looking at your stats, so if I look at your three years, so 2017 was your first year. You started 16 games out of, and played 17, it says. Um, 2018, you started four, but played 16. So obviously you came off the bench. And then in 2019, you only started one and played a total, it looks like, um, six games. So five off the bench. And can you give us some background on that? Like, you know, what happened? Why did you start off so well and it trailed off? And Yeah, so... Um, I would definitely say my college career, my like uh, student athlete college career definitely didn't follow the typical path. Usually um, athletes don't really play their freshman and sophomore year, their first two years. And it's kind of like a known thing. Um, But mine was the opposite. I came in my freshman year and I played. I played 90 minute games. I played every single game and it was great. I had an amazing season and I loved it. Um, so I played definitely more than maybe a typical athlete would. And I definitely had the opposite of a typical athlete career path. So going into my freshman year, I was definitely really, um, like I said before, excited. And I knew I wanted to give it my all. I wanted to start. I wanted to play because that's what I was always used to in club. And I knew I could do it if I pushed myself. And it was something I really wanted. And it was. So I made sure I was in great shape. I trained with Alex, yourself. And I did like the most I could do. I really did give it my all and I was really motivated. Um, So I came in, I worked hard and I knew it could prove myself. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I proved myself and I ended up playing. So then you look at my sophomore year. Um, So to start off, I guess, just to give like a background. So I went to Wagner and I committed to a different coach. And right before, a couple months before I came in my freshman year, I got the news that he was um, leaving. He wasn't there anymore. So I got a new coach. Yeah. So new coach. And so his, we were none of his recruits. Um, His recruits were coming in my sophomore year. So I was in my second year and I played my whole freshman year and I didn't really think much of it. I thought, you know what? I could prove myself again, sophomore year. And he warned us. He said, you know, like I have recruits coming in and they're going to take your spot if you guys aren't prepared and you don't work hard. So make sure you're ready because Um, They're going to come in and they're going to be just as hungry. So it was kind of like a warning. And I shrugged it off my shoulders. I came back um, that summer after my freshman year. And I obviously still played, played on a team, uh, made sure I was fit. But I definitely just kind of shrugged it off my shoulder and thought, "Mm, I can prove myself again. Like, I'll be fine. Like, you know, I'm not too worried. I I have to just say, and I'm not trying to, you know, tap my own shoulder, but I'm going to talk about the mentality. I know we worked the most like you, you not, not that you bothered me, but like you bugged me. Like, like I had to really work with my schedule to make sure I could work with you during the week. I think we worked around twice, twice a week. And that was in your going into your first year. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards we didn't really like, we worked together, but it wasn't the same kind of like intensity. 
Like, so what I'm getting at is not necessarily like I was, oh, I was the big reason why you, you know, you had such a good first year. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is the mentality side of, you know, I need to get prepared and so forth. Obviously was the strongest when you uh, going into your first year. Yeah, for sure. Like you're absolutely right. And everything you said, you know, I, I played. And so I thought, okay, I'll be good. And, you know, that wasn't really the case. I went in my sophomore year. Um, his recruits were there. And, you know, he gave them ample amount of chances. And, you know, they, they proved them right. They did well. And I, I kind of succumbed to the pressure. You know, I started – I still played, definitely not as much. And it was a reality check for me because I played um, almost full games in club. I was always on the field. I played my freshman year. And so I've never really had something where I played only 20 to 30 minutes or I came off the bench. Um, that typically wasn't re really happened for me, at least. And it was a reality check. It was a shock. And I was like, OK, wow. Um, you know, I'm not going to be playing full games as of right now, clearly. And so when I had my chance, you know, like I lost confidence in myself because I thought he did. And it just kind of like fell from there. I kind of just succumbed to the pressure and it was kind of downhill for a bit. So I didn't play as much. I still played but definitely not as much as my freshman year. So I had a conversation with him um, after my fall season, sophomore year, and I asked them, you know, obviously, like, I want to play, so what can I do to make sure I get my minutes next year? Because, like, I want to be in the field uh, just as much as I was my freshman year. I, so I kind of asked him that question. Yeah, I, sorry to interrupt. I, I, I love that you, you know, the worst conversation for a coach or worst questions we get from parents or players is they come in, and they go, why isn't, why am I not? Why, like for yourself to go, why am I not playing? Like versus going, I'm not playing, fine. What do I have to do to get more time? Like, where do I need to improve? And I, and I, I did love that. And, and that's for players and parents, they have to understand it's not, why am I not? What do I have to do? Sorry, keep going. No, no problem. It's true. Like a coach doesn't want to hear like you're whining. They want to see that you're motivated and you want to be better. So I went to him and I asked and we had a conversation and he told me, you know, I lost my sharpness that I had my freshman year. Um, just kind of looked like it went down. And I just, you know, in the spring, uh, the spring for my team and for most teams is like a chance for the players that don't play as much to have their opportunity to get more minutes. And that's exactly what my coach did. So I played and I actually had um, a great spring season. I was back. I did really well. I scored my first goal. So I had a great spring and I was happy about it. And I had another meeting with my coach right before I left for the summer. And he told me, like, yeah, he was um, happy to see that I was getting my sharpness back. And it looked like things were going well for me again. And that if I came back and I had the same energy and motivation that I would have my chance to play my junior year. So that definitely was great to hear. And I was excited about that. Um, so I went. It was summer. Um, again, I had a job this summer. So, again, like, it really is. It comes down to me and me as a person and what I did. I could have done more, 100%. And I kind of did the same thing I did sophomore summer, um, going into my second year that summer. So I could have done more, and I didn't. I made sure I was in great shape because that was always something that came easy to me. So I focused on what came yeah, easy. Yeah, you and your brother both. Your brother's always ripped fitness tests. That, that's you, like your twins. I don't know. I guess you guys share that, uh, <laughs> that gene. But yeah, yeah. sorry. You're always, you always fit. No problem. Being in good shape was like my one of my best, I guess, assets. Um, I was always able to run all over the field. So I made sure I was good at that. And I was in the best shape um, out of all those years that summer going into my junior year, which I just finished. And I came in, I killed the fitness test. I was 
the fittest person, arguably top three fittest on my team. Um, and I did great in that sense. But, you know, again, he gave me my chance and I fell into the pressure once again. And you know what? It comes down to kind of like training and being ready. And I wasn't ready. And that's my fault. Um, I still played. But unfortunately, early October, mid-October, I actually had medical issues that forced me to stop training or playing. Um, and I haven't played since. So that was in October. And now it's- I hope you're okay now. Yeah, everything's good now. I'm actually like getting okay. back into training. So I'm happy about that. But I've been off. Um, even my spring season that just happened. I know I'm home now. Um, because of COVID, but the spring that I was supposed to have in January up till March, uh, I wasn't even able to play then. <laughs> I couldn't really run either. So uh, I definitely had my season cut short, which was really upsetting for me. But I'm definitely starting to train again. And I think for my last year, I definitely want to put in the work and end it with a bang because this is the last time I'm going to be playing at a high level. And I love the sport. And, you know, I definitely see that there was a lot of bumps in the road for me, but a lot of them were kind of self-inflicted and I want to kind of overcome it and definitely give it my all my last year. And my coach is excited. We're all excited for the season. So definitely want to get back. Go and get it. Go and get it. (laughs) And so you, you, you mentioned some of the struggles that you you had, did you along the way, did you ever consider leaving Wagner because of a lack of playing time or, or, you know, feeling like you, you know, you weren't getting opportunities. Yeah. So I actually heavily, um, thought about leaving and transferring and coming back home to Canada. Um, it was in my sophomore year after the fall season. Called my parents. I was really upset, you know, didn't get the same amount of playing time. And I didn't really know what to do because I wanted to play. You know, that's part of the reason why I went there was to play soccer. And I wanted to be on the field. So I had a talk with them. But I slowly realized, you know, one of the reasons why I went to Wagner, the question that my dad asked me before was, can you go to the school? And be okay, even if you're not playing soccer. And I'm really happy that I considered that. And everybody should really think about that when they commit to a school, that they can go there without the sport. God forbid something happens. And I could. I love the school. I love my teammates. I love the friends I made, my professors, the environment that was there, the fact that I was in New York City and I could get an internship. And that was also part of the reason why I went there. So I knew um, I wanted to stay. And I did. I stuck it out. And, you know, I had my ups and downs, but I wouldn't change that for the world. I think it definitely grew, helped me grow as a person because, you know, it's not always going to be butterflies and rainbows. There's going to be hard parts. And that's definitely part of college. For sure. So I definitely considered actually transferring to Queens and playing there. Um, But I didn't. And I'm happy I never did. So your time from Salfley, are there players on that team that transferred or even from your own current school? Yeah, so transferring is definitely common. Um, I mean, I would say, honestly, like, it's pretty 50-50. A lot of people do end up coming back home. I know a lot of people that have, uh, or they transfer to a different school for whatever reason, playing time. They didn't even like the school, and they thought they would, etc. Um, So I'd say about three or four girls on my Salt Fleet team that went to the U.S. on a Division One scholarship actually transferred or came back home. Um, one specifically... She left her sophomore year, and now she's at U of T, and she's um, she loves it. She loves it more than anything. So she was definitely very. This happy. is one of the. This is one of the eleven. Yeah, that one you of talked the eleven. Her. Yeah, and okay. there was also a couple others that decided to come home. Out of those, like three out of four, I know one transferred to a different school. So it definitely happens, and like it's okay, you know, if you decide like it, you're not happy. How, how's that? How's that process work? Um. So, the way 
happen at my school, at least for the girls that I know of, typically if you played your freshman year, because um, typically people transfer their sophomore, latest I'd say junior, but after your freshman year, if you played and you had minutes in a college game, you know, like I mentioned before, making a like a video, a, a tape, they would take their clips from those games, the best ones that they had, and kind of put another video together and send it out to different schools. And my coach was great in the sense that he actually helped out the girls on my team that wanted to transfer. So he would talk to different coaches at different schools and kind of like give them his word, et cetera, talk about the player. So he helped out in that process. And I also know you can go to your club coach. Um, a couple girls from my team did that. They went back to my club coach and he had connections. So he helped them out. He reached out to schools, um, helped them get another uh, school interested in them. And they ended up going there. And if you don't have a clip, maybe your freshman year, like a tape that you can make because you didn't get played that much or something, um, you could definitely use what you have from your club team. But it's kind of like similar. It's a similar process to getting recruited in general, but definitely reaching out to your coach, your club coach. Um, I had my friend that did that or using your college coach and asking him to speak for you um, and kind of help you out in that sense. And so that usually happens, you know, if you survive your, 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 sophomore year or sorry your freshman year your sophomore year you're probably going to stick it through the same school but a lot of those changes are going to happen in in the first couple of years where you're at an unfamiliar school or an unfamiliar environment or it doesn't seem to be working out does that seem to be the the pattern yeah that's definitely the pattern i'd say i know a lot of girls even from my school i had a very big incoming class that left and it was usually it's usually after the freshman year the first year um in sophomore year so typically the first two years you'll figure out if you like it uh, the team or anything, anything a part of the school that you like or don't like, and you'll leave. Just to sum up, you had about three, is that right? Three to four girls that moved out of the 11 that transferred schools from your Salt Lake team. Yeah. And then at Wagner, how many uh, on average, like for when you first got there? Um, so I actually had a really, really big team. It was a very big recruiting class. So there were 16 of us. Wow. And now there's eight. So about half us left. Yeah. Wow. It's not wow. uncommon. It's very common. <laughs> Certainly something to consider when you get started that, you know, your the chances are things are going to change and you've got to be, you've got to be open to it. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'd go back to saying, make sure you sit down and you make that pros and cons list. Make sure, you know, you ask yourself, can I be here without soccer? Dad, uh, I was talking to him for Remo and uh, he said, he, he, he told me once he took you to the mall when you were in the, I don't know which school. And uh, but he said, oh, okay. He's like, we're going to the mall. And you're like, why? He's like, <laughs> Because when you're not playing soccer, you are you gonna you know you might want to go to the mall. So is this you know are you happy with the mall for example? Like just little things that you wouldn't even never think about. He's like, let's go check out the mall. You know, like is this a boonie town or is this something <laughs> you know you know this is something you're gonna be part of? Yeah, absolutely. I remember when he asked me that when I was on my visit to Wagner and I was confused. I was like, it doesn't matter. But it does. So I'm happy that he kind of like pushed me and put me through that process. Okay. And so when you're finished up with school, what are your what are your plans? What uh, have you got anything lined up in, uh, career wise? Uh, yeah. So last summer, I actually had my first internship and it was with a technology integration company. And I loved it. Um, I had a great summer. And this summer, I actually got a job in TD Securities and it's their summer associate leadership program. So, again, super excited about that. And going into my last year, uh, my senior year, I plan to get an internship or I'm going to at least try to in the city, you know, on Wall Street. And I definitely think it's um, very cool. Wow. Yeah, I think it's plausible. Have, have you have you taken the prerequisites? 
Yeah, so I have all the courses they need. Definitely have. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the courses. Have you like? Have you seen the prerequisites? For what? Like Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yeah. Wall yeah, Street. I've, <laughs> I've seen all mm-hmm. movies. Do you know what beat? Do yeah, you know what I'm I, talking about or no? I watched it in my class. I want to know. Do they drink martinis at 10 a.m.? I really do want to know that. Honestly, I don't doubt it. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But sorry, keep going. Keep going. No, so yeah, basically, what I'm getting at is I'm super excited for my last year. Um, and in terms of like career rise, career wise, um, definitely planning on getting an internship. And I just got accepted into. It's called the Select program at my school. So it's the top 5% of the business um, class, like the business program. And I just got accepted into it. So with that, that kind of means, you know, I have more connections. So my professors will help us out. They'll use their connections. I get to change my advisor to like the head of the department. So it's kind of like an exclusive program and it gives you more opportunities um, to kind of get an internship and get a job at a school. So I'm super excited to be part of that. And hopefully with that, you know, I could reach out, get a job in the city. I definitely wouldn't be opposed to working in New York for a couple of years after school. But even if that uh, doesn't happen, my TD job that I have this summer, if I do well, it could turn into a two-year rotation program. So definitely super excited about the future. I'm kind of ready to, you know, start working. I'm excited to figure out what I'm going to be doing and what I love to do. Uh, because it's always been soccer. That's always been, you know, my first love, what I love to do and now I'm kind of transitioning to the point where I have to think about my future career so I'm really excited about that and I think you know my future is looking pretty bright and I have some stuff lined up so we agree we agree yeah you've got a lot of a lot of great opportunities and uh yeah we thank you for your time and thank you for sharing your experience playing soccer studying uh in the U.S. and uh and all that goes into it we wish you the best of luck and uh, it was a fantastic uh, conversation we had with you and we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you again. Um, anyone looking to get a scholarship, you know, take it seriously, make sure you ask yourself the tough questions um, and make sure you kind of think about everything. And in the end, like I said, wouldn't change my experience for anything, regardless of my ups and my downs. And I honestly getting a scholarship, going to the States, playing soccer. It's amazing. You play the sport you love and you get um, your education almost fully paid for or fully paid for it. So Definitely amazing, and thank you guys for your time. Thank you. Tune in next week when we chat with Carmelina Moscato, a former Canadian international and has over 90 caps for Canada. Her career highlight was winning a bronze medal with Canada at the 2012 Olympics. She then went on to various coaching roles, even running a soccer club in Ontario, and is now the Canadian Manager of Women's Professional Development and the Commissioner of League One Ontario Women's Division. So we look forward to digging deeper into her career in football thus far and getting her opinion on where we're going.